0: Think big, think positive. Never show any sign of weakness. Always go for the throat. Buy low, sell high. Fear, that's the other guy's problem. Nothing you have ever experienced can prepare you for the unbridled carnage you're about to witness. Super Bowl, the World Series, they don't know what pressure is. In this building, it's either kill or be killed. You make no friends in the pits and you take no no prisoners. One minute, you're up half a million in soybeans and the next, boom, your kids don't go to college and they've repossessed your Bentley. Are you with me?
1: Hello and welcome to Turner's Take Podcast. I'm your host Craig Turner, author of Turner's Take Newsletter. I'm also a broker here at Stonex. I focus on grain and oil seeds, but there's a lot of members on the team here and we have experts in energies, interest rates, fertilizer, plastics, uh, really anything that has to do with uh, the commodity markets. If you have any questions for me, you can always contact me at 312-706-7610 email craig.turner at stonex.com, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at turners underscore take. Uh, and all that contact information is in the show notes. If you are a client, when you do anything, talk about what's on the podcast or you know in the newsletter or in, or in the client webinars that we do, uh, you always can text me or contact me by my cell phone. All righty, let's get into, oh, finally, if you do like the podcast, please pass it along whether it be by email or social media or word of mouth. We always appreciate new listeners. And you can also, if you like the podcast, give us a a rating on iTunes. All right. So I've actually been under the weather here. I've been fighting the cold, uh, and I actually feel a lot better now. But uh, whatever my kids had from the local elementary school, they definitely brought home and uh, passed it around the house. So I'm going to kind of keep this one. A little bit shorter um, hard to do a podcast when you're all stuffed up with a, with a, a head cold. but a um, couple of things so the big news of course is what's going on in Israel uh, and in, uh, in Gaza and the West Bank and you know what that means for let's just talk about the energy markets first uh, last week, Before the fighting started, crude oil came down in a big way because gasoline demand was just so poor that it just brought down all the basically crude heating oil, gasoline, it all came down. And then over the weekend, fighting started um, where actually Israel was attacked and then the fighting started. So, you know, that's... uh, just an unfortunate story and uh, you know sad to see here on the on the tv but um, in terms of commodity markets crude oil rallied pretty good i want to say it was like four or five dollars at one point and now it's coming back and the thing is i don't know what's going to happen with crude oil supply and the fight in the middle east and if it'll you know if anything will happen or come of it but the demand is still still an issue so here we are in the low 80s in crude oil and with energy. And, you know, I don't see that. I don't see a good reason for crude to crash. I don't see a good reason for it to go through the roof either. Um, what is interesting is high prices and inflation and higher interest rates are taking a toll, it looks like, on consumer spending. And you can see that with the gasoline demand. So now that part of that could be, you know, a, Electric vehicles, and there is a lot of arguments made by that. How over time gasoline demand comes down for sure, but uh, but you know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't happen that fast. I mean, there that is you know, the the big decline that we saw really has more to do with the economy, and you can see you know, there is definitely some concern. So, I'd be surprised if crude kept on coming in here. We'll have to see it be interesting to see what the Fed says too about growth. But that's where we are in energy. I still like crude, but we are going to be still in a range-bound market. Um, I, I, if we're going to do this short term, I guess we'll be looking at buying the breaks. In the long term, I still like the June option plays that we've been talking about in the newsletter and the client webinars. And I'll stick with that. Um, I think, uh, I think we are seeing some rotation out. Think some funds here might be either shedding length and crude or getting short and buying natural gas. Natural gas seems to be more of the flavor of the month here, which would make sense. You know, if there's issues in Europe again, because of what's gone in Russia and Ukraine, we'd see natural gas go higher. You know, the winter, we're getting a strong start to demand because the winter temperatures are colder now. Um, and th- that'll give a boost to natural gas. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some long gas, short crude out of the funds. Just based on the price action and the time of year it is, but uh, but nothing nothing crazy either way as of yet. Terms of the stock market, uh, that's been a wild ride here with what's going on in the Middle East. And honestly, you know, you, uh, when you get this kind of turmoil, it's usually you sell risk assets, and the funds and the big money will get into more safe assets like the U.S. dollar or treasuries, um, the Japanese yen, you'll see gold and silver, you'll see that kind of rotation. We'll see if that's still the case, but it's hard for riskier assets to, uh, to stay, you know, to not decline during something like this. Um, and it only seems to be escalating, unfortunately, um, in the Middle East, so uh, fingers crossed that doesn't get too out of hand. Um on terms of the grain and oil seed side, listen, we're in the thick of harvest. I want to say we're close to 50% based on the last USDA reports on harvest for corn and soybeans. Our friends up in Canada pretty much tell us they're wrapping up. Like they're just getting down to the last portion of acres that they've, you know, been unable to get to and they're waiting for you know either the weather to improve or just get out there and, and finish up. So harvest is Rapidly approaching an end here, probably in the next couple of weeks through all of North America. Um, Canada, probably in the next week or so, and the United States, probably in the next two weeks. I don't think that, I don't think we'll get a, a ton of harvest pressure here left to go. You would think that a lot of it is already has already happened. It usually is by this point, but the USDA is gonna come out with their WASD tomorrow and there is this expectation of yields coming down a little bit, but demand has still been poor, and there's no reason why the USDA should increase demand numbers. If anything, they may take them down a little bit too. And we're still going to have large stocks. We're going to have stocks over $2 billion in corn. Soybeans might be 250 260 but you know, some of the yields that we're hearing are actually uh, they're pretty mixed. But I wouldn't be surprised either way if the USDA... Inches up the soybean yield, brings it down a half a bushel, stays the same. Just based on the conversations I'm happening, happening like there's no crop failure out there. It's not going to set records either. So, you know whether the USDA says tomorrow, I'm going to probably just buy. You know, I'll buy that number and we'll move forward. I think the the rest of the trade will do that too. Um, Corn here is trying to search out a bottom in this. you know, 470, 480 range for December. It's interesting as CONAB, uh, you've been seen the reports from Brazil and Argentina and their exchanges and their grain and oil seed reporting agencies. And it looks like we're gonna have lower corn acres. Um, we will have lower corn acres, we'll have more soybean acres and any kind of weather delays here on planting soybeans uh, puts that second crop corn at risk. So, there's been the strategy out there of storing the corn, selling the soybeans, and I get it. I mean, the market is basically saying we need to plant as many soybeans as possible. Um, We have enough of corn. And like we always say, commodities revert back to the mean. If they get too low, they eventually come back up. If they get too high, they eventually come back down to the middle. And right now, corn is the one that's the most oversupplied in the market, and you would think that would lead to lower acres in South America, you get some you know, shortage, you get any kind of weather problems on lower acres down there, and you could see a significant uptick in corn exports next year. Now, that's not, it is October 11th. That is not gonna happen today. It may happen, may or may not happen in a few months from now, but you can see that trend, you know, starting, you can see how that trend may start to play out. So we'll keep an eye on that. November beans are gonna be testing 1250 here. Um, That's, you know, Important to hold these levels. Demand this week after China come, came back from their golden week. It's been disappointing, and I think the market realizes that. And if exports keep on lagging behind, and either low in the USDA has to lower those exports, I mean we could have a carryout in soybeans over 300 million. I mean that's the you know and 350. I mean what if the USDA reduces exports by 100 million bushels? Wouldn't be out of the question. And all of a sudden, instead of a 260, 250 carry out, we're 350, right? And if we're, and you know, then what does that mean for soybean prices? So, not saying this is going to happen, but this is going to help explain the weakness and the selling that we're seeing here. It's not just harvest pressure. You know, if these yields are better and the exports are lower, the the stock usage isn't as tight. Plus, we're going to be planting a lot of soybeans. Now, seasonally, if we're going to get a rally in these markets, um, man, it better be soon. Because you only you don't get that much of a window in the fall for a weather rally and a kind of a post-harvest rally for grains and oil seeds. Um, but you know, in typical years we've seen you can see corn rally twenty thirty cents. You can see soybeans rally 15, yeah, 50 cents to a dollar. That's not unheard of, especially if especially if there's issues in South America. So we'll just have to. We'll just have to see there. Um, I've been talking about short straddles in some of the corn market, you know, in some of the the corn months. Uh, I still like those positions. I'll get more specific into that into the premium newsletter and the client webinars. But I still see corn as a as a range-bound market. Um, the risk is to the upside, I think. But for right now, it's still a range-bound market. Um, and if we do get a if we do get a sizable rally in these corn um for 24 anyone who hasn't started marketing yet um may want to take a look into that i know i've already started putting orders for these 24 here at stonex um through our our cash program and then uh when we're getting if and when we get filled on some of these higher end targets probably be using that grain to sell a call against to uh you know, to try to collect another, maybe 30, 40 cents, um, for a new crop sale. So I do like that strategy. If you have any questions about it and how we do it over here, just let me know. Happy to explain that too. Um, let's see here. Canola and canola. Now, November canola is testing 700. Again, Nov 24 is under 700 per ton. So what would that be? 700 divided by 44. That's not an exact ratio, but it's really close. So canola is now under $16 a bushel Canadian. Um, So that probably means we're like $12, $13 a bushel. US pretty much on par with with soybeans now. So that's been interesting. When we had the big drought, Canada two years, canola per, per bushel was trading well over soybeans, but that has come back down to where there's not much of a you know, premium in the canola over soybeans now. So that's kind of telling us that canola is also being well-supplied. And if you do look at the projections for ending stocks, canola has also gone from a tight market to an abundant market. When we take a look at palm oil, that is trading at three cent lows. So now we don't have a shortage in canola anymore. We don't have a shortage in palm. Um, and it looks like we're transitioning in soybeans from tight to adequate. I wouldn't say we're burdensome by any means in the soybean market, but things are getting better. So that leads us to soybean oil, which has come down like 10 cents a pound, it seems like, in no time. And here we are in the low 50s. I still am a believer in renewable biofuels. Markets go up, markets come down. I'm kind of surprised on the 10 cents lower, but when you do look at the price of palm oil, when you look at what's, you know, canola has been shifted. canola is gonna be an adequately supplied market, not just here in Canada, but also in Australia. And in Europe, they'll grow uh, rapeseed, um, which is really, really the, almost the same thing as canola. I think I think that tightness will really be out of the, the market. It will really be, I don't think we're gonna have any tightness in canola anymore. So they really just leave soybeans. And that's hard to rally against when the com- competing vegetable oils are abundant. There is this concern about using palm oil for renewable biofuels here in the United States, um, or renewable bio renewable biodiesel, and it kind of centers around used cooking oil, which is allowed for renewable biofuels. There's this argument saying, well, you know, palm oil, you can't use palm oil for renewable biodiesel here in the United States but you can use cooked, used cooking oil. If the used cooking oil has palm oil, what does that mean? Does it mean that because it's used cooking oil, you can actually use it? Or if used cooking oil has palm oil in it, you can't use it. And I, there still isn't that clarity yet, um, or at least I haven't seen it. The market's starting to believe though in price in that it does, that you can use it. So, and you know, we've seen China flood a lot of the market here. All right, just had a run there real. Just had to run there real quick. Um, so yeah, uh, one other thing I just wanted to to mention here. I will be out of the office tomorrow and Friday. Usually, I'm rarely out during a Wazdy report, but I have a family wedding to go to. Uh, fairly close family and a big wedding, so and I got to travel with the family. So I will be out tomorrow for the WASDE. Uh If it's an emergency and you're a client, you need to get a hold of me. Uh, you can certainly text or call my cell phone. Otherwise, if you just call the office here, um, you can—you'll get a, a broker to—they'll uh, pick up and uh, and help you out. Okay. So, anyways, bio, renewable biofuels and diesel—we're um, expansion is coming in that space. We will need more soybean oil to meet the crush capacity. Energy prices are weak. The economy is weak. Interest rates are high. I'm a we're a long-term believer, but you're going to have these these price ranges. And you know where is support? You make the argument the high 40s, low 50s. And when things start to turn around again, and we get some economic growth and some energy demand, and things get better, and as capacity ranges, I expect soybean oil to rally. But it's just not going to happen right now. Um, finally, on the wheat market, starting to see demand come into the market. Uh, when you take a look at prices in Russia you know that 260 270 a ton Chicago wheat is now competitive on the the market We should start seeing demand there unless uh, you know all world prices come down together. you would think in the Middle East and what's going on there may be higher demand for wheat but we really or but we really haven't seen that. Um, but we'll we'll have to we'll have to see what what happens here over the next couple of days. So I'm gonna wrap this up. I'm about done at my talking limit here with this cold with this head cold, and um, I'll be doing a, a podcast early next week. We'll talk about the WASD. Hopefully, I'll be feeling better. And um, and yeah, hope everyone has a uh, has a good week. We'll talk to you later.
0: This material is conveyed as a solicitation for entering into a derivatives transaction. This material has been prepared by a Daniels Trading broker who provides research market commentary and trade recommendations as part of his or her solicitation for accounts and solicitation for trades. Daniels Trading, its principals, brokers, and employees may trade in derivatives for their own accounts or for the accounts of others. Due to various factors such as risk tolerance, margin requirements, trading objectives, short term versus long term strategies, technical versus fundamental market analysis, and other factors, such trading may result in the initiation or liquidation of positions that are different from or contrary to the opinions and recommendations contained therein. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future performance. The risk of loss in trading futures contracts or commodity options can be substantial, and therefore investors should understand the risks involved in taking leveraged positions and must assume responsibility for the risks associated with such investments and for their results. You should carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for you in light of your circumstances and financial resources. You should read the risk disclosure accessed at www www.danielstrading.com. Daniel's Trading is not affiliated with nor does it endorse any trading system, newsletter, or similar service. Daniel's Trading does not guarantee or verify any performance claims made by such systems or services.